What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst, YardsPerFantasy.com. Welcome into the 76th episode of the Feed Me Fantasy Podcast. Let's eat. If your fantasy teams are falling out of contention or you're looking to spice things up, why not try playing some player props on Underdog Fantasy? I'm playing player props every week, picking over-unders and 3, 6, 10, and 20xing my money. It's been a blast. It's easier to win than DFS, and it pays out immediately, unlike having to wait till the end of the season in traditional fantasy leagues. The best part is, right now, when you deposit on Underdog Fantasy for the first time using promo code YARDSPER, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's right, deposit any amount up to $100 using promo code YARDSPER, and the generous crew over at Underdog Fantasy will double it just for you. So get on there, play some player props, and win some cash. Today's episode will be the final redraft-focused podcast of the year. It's bittersweet, really. I'm sad because I've had a blast doing this show, and we've had, we've had some big hits. We've had some big hits, good calls. I hope it has helped you make your team better and get into position to make a playoff run. But with the waiver wire thinning out and trade deadlines passing in the majority of redraft leagues, it doesn't really make sense to keep this format going. That doesn't mean the show is going away, though. I'll still be putting out a weekly episode. It's just instead, I will be delivering my Dynasty Game Plan of the Week. This will consist of my favorite Dynasty buys of the week, a couple guys I'm looking to sell in Dynasty, as well as my player to stash of the week. And I'm excited about it. There will be something for all Dynasty teams, whether you're a contender or a rebuild. I'm hoping to roll out the first episode next week, but with the Thanksgiving holiday, I'm not quite so sure at this point if time will allow me to do it. Um, But that is the plan. The plan is to do it starting next week, so keep an eye out for it. If you don't see it next week, it will definitely be the week after. For now, though, we'll go through my favorite transactions for redraft leagues one last time. And let's start with sell Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson had a strong performance against the Browns in place of Damian Harris. He ran 20 times for 100 yards and two touchdowns while adding four receptions on all five targets for 14 yards in the blowout win. Why do we want to trade away this guy? The answer is because this is still Damian Harris's backfield. Whether you like it or not, it's Damian Harris's backfield. Harris set out because of the concussion, but there's no reason to think he won't slide right back into the RB1 job as soon as, he, as soon as he's back. And it sounds like he's going to be back this week. Stevenson may see more opportunities than before, but this is still Harris's backfield. This is not to say Steven, this is not to say to sell Stevenson for just anything. In fact, if he's somehow still available on your waiver wire, he is rostered in just 33% of Yahoo leagues, by the way. You should go add him because he's a weekly RB2 if Harris ever misses time in future games. But if someone in your league 
believe Stevenson is taking over the New England backfield, you should be listening to their offers. The next is add Deontay Foreman. So as it turns out, the answer to the Titans' backfield debate that we were having might actually be Deontay Foreman. What? He vastly outplayed Adrian Peterson on early downs, and he will likely earn more of that work moving forward. Jeremy McNichols remains the passing game back, but it looks like he won't be earning many more carries than he was getting with Derrick Henry in the picture. Foreman led the Titans' backfield on snaps, though, you know, not by much. Foreman had 35% of the snaps, Peterson 33%, McNichols 27%. Foreman also led in carries with 11 Now, while he's the lead dog and needs to be rostered, he's still probably best left on your bench until he earns a greater opportunity share. But he is worth adding. Next is I want you to buy Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy hasn't lit up the box score since returning from injury with no touchdowns or more than 69 yards in any of his three games. But when you look a little closer, he looks on the verge of a breakout performance. He has had target shares of 29% and 25% over the last two weeks. He he has clearly taken over as Teddy Bridgewater's number one target, as Cortland Sutton has had a target share under 10% over those same two games. Judy also found himself top 15 in air yards in Week 10. As I've talked about on here before, we follow the targets and we follow the air yards to predict future production. All indications from Judy are that he is about to go off. I also want you to buy Tyler Lockett. So speaking of following the targets in the air yards, Tyler Lockett is another who is on the verge of some spike weeks. He tied for the team league in targets with 8 and a 20% share in Russell Wilson's first game back. Wilson just missed him on a couple deep throws that would have made his day a lot different. Lockett finished the week second to only Stephon Diggs with 183 air yards. And we saw this in week 9 with CeeDee Lamb when he had just 2 receptions for 23 yards but had 9 targets and led the league with 212 air yards. He came back in week 10 with 94 receiving yards and 2 touchdowns. Lockett never stops seeing heavy target share numbers, even with Geno Smith at quarterback. The problem was, well, you know, he had Geno Smith at quarterback. We know he's highly volatile, but he will also deliver those huge, weak, winning performances. The indications are all positive that he has a few of those coming. Go buy him now before it happens. Next, I want you to add Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman was one of my favorite breakout tight end candidates this summer, as I'm sure you know. And it hasn't quite panned out. However, Troutman has been trending up as of late. He's had target shares of 15%, 16%, and 17% over the last three weeks. With no clear alpha wide receiver, In the New Orleans passing game, Troutman is an interesting stash for tight end needy teams and in tight end premium leagues. So go add Adam Troutman. Next, I want you to buy Jalen Waddell. 
I talked about Jalen Wall as a buy back in week seven. And since then, he's had target shares of 20%, 31%, 23%, and 17%. He even got the air yards in week nine, finishing top 15 among all players. He's become the top option in the passing game, and he's starting to get more downfield looks as well. The target volume gives him a solid wide receiver three floor. His speed and playmaking ability give him a wide receiver one ceiling in any given week. He's going to have at least one monster game before the end of the season. Book it. Next, I want you to hold Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox was one of my biggest hits from earlier this season. I talked about him in the preseason on TikTok, and I touted him right here on this podcast as a priority waiver wire ad in the early weeks. Just when he was becoming one of the most consistent plays at tight end, of course he went out with a hand injury. But he returned to week 10. He only had just one target. But let's not panic. Let's not panic about his first game back. Because we just, we got to look back and we got to remember. Do not forget what he was doing before the injury. Before he went down, he had four straight tight end one performances. That included two of them in the top five. He had 117 yards against the Chiefs in week five. Don't drop him. And if he was dropped in your league, go get him. Next, I want you to add Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith is operating as a clear wide receiver one in New Orleans. For the second straight week, Smith led all Saints wide receivers in snaps with 91% and routes 90% in week 10. He had a 19% target share against the Titans and was able to find the end zone. Smith has the size, speed, and explosiveness to emerge as the team's alpha and to put up spike weeks. Next, I want you to sell Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson's fantasy output in Week 10 was very exciting, but that was mostly aided by his two rushing touchdowns. He also took advantage of a rare, positive game script for Washington, which led to a season-high 24 rush attempts. He was still inefficient with those carries and barely utilized in the passing game. His 6% target share was on par with what he, what he had done all season. It was still J.D. McKissick leading the way with a 12% target share. And the point is, this was not some big turnaround game for Gibson. As much as we want it to be, I love Gibson, don't get me wrong. But this was not that turning point. I really don't think it was. Because, you know, it was great to see him find the end zone, but we know touchdowns aren't sticky or really predictable week to week. His usage was no different. If you roster Gibson, it would be a great idea to take advantage of this performance, sell it as a turnaround game to your league mates, and cash in while you can. Finally, I want you to add Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson has had targets of 7, 6, 3, and 8 over his last four games. He has two touchdowns over that stretch as well. Johnson is being highly utilized in the passing game, which has made him a solid flex play with a good floor in fantasy football. Add him 
and play him in your flex to help you navigate the bye weeks, especially if Zach Wilson remains out. That's going to be a wrap for today, though. If you're not already, please follow me on Twitter at A underscore Johnson FF and the site at Yards Per. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, please be sure to rate and review. It really does help me out a lot and is much appreciated. And go download the Yards Per Fantasy app right now and give us a five-star rating and review over there, too. Thanks, guys. Cue that music. Music